Buffalo Steel, Jalen Hurts' 91-yard pass play to Quez Watkins was the longest in the NFL since 2012 of a play that did not score a touchdown. Can you name the last duo to do that back in 2012? I don't, man, no. I was When I saw the question for today, I was thinking it was just another Eagles duo. So I had Michael Vick and Deshaun Watson, or uh, wow, Deshaun Jackson in my head. Mm-hmm. Um, but honestly, I, I have no idea. What if I gave you the team? Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay. And it was 2012. Oh, my God. Was that like Vincent Jackson and Josh Freeman? Wow, you nailed it. Vincent Jackson <laughs> throwing 95-yard pass from Josh Freeman. Well done. Well eh, done, indeed. You. I did not think you'll get that. Well, welcome in. This is the Ziggy and Steel Show, along with my really smart and knowledgeable co-host, Steel. I am your host, Ziggy. And you think... You know a team, huh? After week one, we're here to recap week two. And youth, we, you don't know everything, now do we? No, we don't. Uh, we do know that the underdogs once again were victorious in gambling, Ziggy. That's crazy. Once again, the underdog. I don't have the numbers on me, unfortunately, like I did last week. But underdogs, I believe, are uh, kind of crushing it in gambling this year. So let's, we'll see if that straightens out somewhere down the line. Yeah, no, very, very good point. But I think that's the one thing that we can bank on every week in every season. It's just that it's it's really random and we really don't have a good feel on it. So people out there panicking about their own football team and their fantasy teams, just relax. We're going to be okay. Don't worry. I'm 0-2 in the league, so we'll be okay. I am a, uh, I am a knowledgeable 2-3 and three this weekend. Um so I flip flop from last weekend. I went three and two last week, two and three this week. Um, yeah, feeling okay about it. Life's about balance. But um, we're going to give you guys in this show just the normal speed cap, talk about Steele's big three games yeah. that he really wants to touch on from either Thursday or Sunday's games. And we will give a Bears Eagles recap, which might be a reverse from last week. And still looking all optimistic and um, dropping a couple swear words. But who knows? Oh, I don't know about me being optimistic. We'll see. <laughs> well, to start off, you ready for a speed cap? Oh, I got some thanks. Uh, you know what, buddy? Why don't you run that? No air horn, right? No air horn still. Oh, but great. That's a that's a fresh beer. We're going we're gonna to do a little... Power hour. Maybe as part of this, I was going to say, maybe as part of the speed cap, you're going to have to finish that beer before it's over. Oh, is that a challenge? It it is. It is. All right. All right. Well, let's uh, let's fucking send it. First off, Raiders Steelers. Raiders Steelers. Raiders getting that win. Henry Ruggs, uh, finally getting the involvement everyone has wanted to see. Five from one thirteen and the one touchdown. Derek Carr off to a strong start this year, and Steelers still worrying a lot of folks. Uh, I'm not panicking on the receivers here. Deontay Johnson looked great, so did Chase Claypool. Najee Harris, it just might take him some time to find his footing, but I think he'll be fine. Uh, Raiders off to the 2-0 start, though, so good on him. I like the five catches for Najee Harris. I think that shows the willingness to catch the ball out of the backfield. Oh, well, he's he's going to be the only back in the backfield. 
Agreed. Agreed there. So he's going to get all the work. And, uh, again, I wouldn't panic on the Steelers yet, but a little nervous there. Uh, Texans-Browns. Texans-Browns. Man, the real story of this game is Tyrod Taylor. The man was having a great first half. Goes down in the second half. Uh, looks like he might be out a month. Davis Mills is going to be replacing him. Uh, the Texans are up on Thursday night this week. That backfield's still looking a little split. And um, at the end of the day, Cleveland was able to get it done. Nick Chubb, a guy that I wish I had in every fantasy league. Baker getting it done with a rushing touchdown. And Demetric, Fel- Demetric? Demetric Felton okay. uh, leading the team there. uh in receiving yards and uh, Austin Hooper actually leading them in receptions. So Brandon Cooks, the gift that gifts on giving uh, for yeah, this I, Texans team. So keep yeah, starting I, him, guys. <laughs> Tyrod Taylor definitely took away from Brandon Cooks' shine there, and I apologize. Respect to the man, Brandon Cooks. Broncos, Jags. Broncos, Jags. Well, no one expected the Jaguars to win here. I think we were looking for uh, maybe the. Broncos to lay a little more of a walloping, but they still looked good. Teddy Bridgewater, man, uh, the deep throws he was making in that game. Cortland Sutton, nine for one fifty nine. Get out of town, yes, sir. Mister Reliable, Tim Patrick, though you love the guy, you gotta love him. Like Robert Woods, he's got a plain name, but he always he'll get the job done for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, Trevor Lawrence looked good in uh, week two, or looked decent, I guess we should say. He was about 50% on his passes, 14 to 33, so less than 50%. Uh, one touchdown, two interceptions. James Robinson, this rushing attack, you've got to be concerned about. As as a fantasy owner, you're concerned for the only, Jaguars. Only one catch for DJ Chart, too. That's something that you don't like to see, and I think Trevor Lawrence targeting the middle of the field a little bit more and keeping it short as he gets more comfortable throwing the ball around in the NFL. Saints-Panthers. I'll wait on that. Um, Saints-Panthers, definitely a different Saints team than we expected to see uh, compared to week one, given the wallop that they gave the Packers. That's my word of the day, I guess, wallop. Um, Uh, They got blown out here by the Panthers just straight up. Sam Darnold is really clicking in the Panthers' offense. I think think it's true, man. You get away from Adam Gase and magic can happen. Christian McCaffrey, he's looking back 24 for 72. And one, DJ Moore, though, that's your boy. How do you feel about him? Feel good. Feel good. That's it? (laughs) <laughs> just feeling good feeling good about it. i've always liked him for the last two years he didn't pay off for me too much last year but starting to you know get a foothold as being a top 15 receiver in the nfl which is what i think he is eight for 79 touchdown there um alvin kamara got game scripted out of this game you're not worried about that if you're an owner but i still would advocate for picking up tony jones Always. If Tony Jones isn't rostered and you have a deep bench, I advise uh, grabbing him in like a 12-team league. Rams-Colts. Rams-Colts. Mr. Cooper Cup, my guy, went out. He did it this week, and the Rams barely got away with this win. A little sloppy. They had the uh, fumbled punt in the end zone. The Colts were able to grab that score, and uh, that was in the beginning of the fourth quarter. I believe that tied them or gave them the lead at that point. Uh, But Rams were still able to get it done. Cooper Cup owners are 
ecstatic with nine for 163 and two. Mm-hmm. Robert Woods, the measly five for 64. Um, Carson Wentz, though, went down with, uh, with a little bit of an ankle injury, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he went down, he went down late. JB, Jacob Easton came in, threw an interception right away that ended their, their game. Um, I did see Paris Paris Campbell sat and Zach Pascal got the Jalen Ramsey treatment, so that just opened up Michael Pittman to have the game that he had. Just keep an eye on what's on Campbell's status, I I guess going forward. And Carson Wentz's. I don't expect him to be out too long. He's he's a guy that likes to uh fight through injuries there. Yes, he does. And uh one more note, I know Jonathan Taylor, he only had the fifteen for fifty one, but I believe he is leading running backs right now in rushes inside the 10. So don't panic. Touchdowns will come. He's going to get the production. This was just a result of playing the Rams defense. Bills, Dolphins. Well, not a lot to say here. Uh, Beatdown. Beatdown. Yeah, basically. Uh, AFC East beatdown, 35-0. Josh Allen um, looked, looked decent. Devin Singletary had a nice breakaway rush here that uh, put the Bills up early. So, hashtag not my running back. Is that over? Zach Moss, 8 for 26 and two touchdowns. Yeah, look is at it, that. 3.2 yards per carry. And he's <laughs> he's going to be the goal line guy. That's why you don't want a piece of any of these, uh, any of this backfield, either of these guys, unless one gets injured. I'm still, it's still hashtag. Not, not my, my running back. <laughs> Hashtag not my backfield, honestly. so Not my backfield. That's better. Yeah, I'll stay away from that. Uh, Tua goes down in this game as well, though. Uh, he was only one for four at the time. Jacoby Brissett replaced him and didn't look the greatest. Yeah, threw but... the ball 40 times. That's insane. Um, Pat's Jets. Um, the narrative still exists that Bill Belichick dominates rookie QBs. I'm not going to overreact here, even though Mac Jones, yes, at one point he was like four for eight with half of his passes being interceptions or was within 10 passes. Mm-hmm. I don't know. This was Belichick and also the Jets. Uh, this isn't a great team right now. So, I mean, I'm not panicking on Zach Wilson because, again, he's a rookie. He had four interceptions. Um but the uh, yo, we'll talk about the Patriots here. Mac Jones looked good. Damian Harris, though, what a beast! If you haven't seen that twenty-six uh, yard rushing touchdown he had, where he carried like six guys in the end zone, mm-hmm. it's pretty impressive. I would go watch it. Yeah, um, Damian Harris is a nice little find for fantasy managers that had had faith in him carrying the ball and what they saw down the stretch last year. He's paying off. With getting in the end zone again for the second straight week, like you said. On the other side, Michael Carter, 11 for 59 on the ground, added in a couple catches for 29 yards. Just go out there on waivers and check to see if he's out there. He had some hype in the uh, in the in the uh, in the preseason, but kind of died off with the uh, Jets' offensive line issues. But if he's going to get this kind of work, 13 touches, paced all the running backs in carries in the backfield in the game that they had to throw to keep up. Michael Carter, not a bad pickup for uh, the rest of your year. He has to play Denver next week, but after that, it opens up a little bit. No, and keep an eye on Ty Johnson. There was a lot of hype on him coming out of camp. Uh, He did lead that backfield, although it was only one carry over Michael Carter. So 
another guy to keep an eye on if he's out there on waivers, take a shot. Falcons, Bucks. Falcons, Bucks. Mr. Tom Brady, have yourself a game. How about it? Five touchdowns this man threw. Five touchdowns. I can't. I can't. Mike Evans, he came in and out of this game uh, a few times, but he still ended with five for 75 and two. Godwin and Gronkowski also. I mean, Mr. Gronk, he's got four touchdowns, two games now. Do you have yeah, two or boy. three last week? He had two in week he had one. Two, so he's got four. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what a man. Uh, Antonio Brown, are people worried? One for 17 here? I guess we'll find out. Uh, fucking Corderell Patterson. Who is this guy? Yeah, um, on my bench, scoring a couple touchdowns. Probably could help me win my week this week or feel a little <laughs> bit better going into Monday night. But... Yeah, that's, uh, that's a team that's lacking a little bit of identity. I, I don't think that they expected Matt Ryan to look like he has. I mean, you know, completing 35 passes, only getting to 300 yards with two touchdowns, three interceptions. I know Tampa's a tough defense to play, but um, he's had some success against Tampa in the past. So I, uh, I'm i a little worried about the Falcons' offense. I know Ridley and Pitts are getting all the targets, but you know it does depend a lot on the guy throwing it to him. Cowboys Chargers. Cowboys Chargers. Uh do you, I wish I could remember what the over under was from this game. <clears throat> um, don't remember. I don't either. I feel like it was going to be a lot higher scoring. Mm-hmm. Uh pretty underwhelming from both sides of the offense. You know, Dak Justin Herbert still threw for 300 yards, but he had the two picks. Austin Eckler, 9 for 54. I believe he came out with a concussion uh, at one point. Mm-hmm. I don't believe if he was actually diagnosed with a concussion, if he was able to come back in. Um, But Cowboys get to uh, clinch the win here on a nice last-minute field goal from Greg Zerline. Mm-hmm. little redemption song from... Uh, last week, as he missed the two, that could have definitely given them the win over Tampa. C.D. Lamb leading these uh, receivers here, eight for eighty-one. No touchdowns, though. All the touchdowns came on the ground from Pollard and Zeke. Are you worried if you're a Zeke owner? He had sixteen for seventy-one. Tony Pollard was out there a lot, thirteen for one hundred nine and one. I don't think I'm worried. I think that he talked about splitting time with Tony Pollard and like how the death of the workhorse back is upon the league. And so maybe this helps Zeke in the long run. And maybe they kind of switch back to Zeke being the bell cow later in the season. So this can just be a preservation tactic by the Cowboys. And they needed to run the ball a lot more after what happened in week one. And so I think they were very, very cognizant of that and pounded the ball with both Pollard and Zeke, and that's ultimately why they won the game here, just being more balanced. That was a great um, take. Yeah. Um, real quick on the Chargers. Haven't clicked yet through two games. Let's see how uh, they bounce back, and Joe Lombardi can kind of get this team rolling there. Um, Chiefs-Ravens, last one. Chiefs like to play with their food. And by that, I mean... They can just air it out, and they, I feel like they've just become comfortable being one of the best teams in the NFL mm-hmm. and being able to do what they do so well. Uh, I don't really recall there ever being a team in the history of the NFL where, I, like I said, Patrick Mahomes, he's capable of five touchdowns and one half any given week. Um, they just don't choose to do it. I don't know. Some you know, football. <clears throat> 
Ravens narrowly escape with this win, though. Uh, they started off terrible in the game. Two picks from Lamar Jackson right off the bat. Uh, had me worried as an owner, but then that rushing floor came in and Lamar Jackson rushed for 16 or rushed for 107 on 16 attempts with two touchdowns. You'll love to see it. Yeah, the Achilles heel for the Chiefs is getting up early. They don't have running backs to pound the rock away. You mentioned this at the beginning of last year with Clyde Edwards-Alaire and him going in the first round of drafts. You're worried that you know Patrick Mahomes can just throw Edwards-Alaire out of a game. But in this case, it was kind of set up for the running backs to really salt the game away. Clyde ended up with 13 for 46. Darrell Williams, three carries, negative two yards, and a touchdown. So Williams is the one getting it uh on the goal line there so i also saw a little bit of jared mckinnon out there so like you're the chiefs need to figure out how to run these games out and really protect their quarterbacks and not have him kind of running all over the place throwing the ball and you know games like last night won't happen where you're up 11 and all of a sudden you've lost the game so just something to think well, about, Kansas City. Yeah, and Clyde, you know, Clyde, the guy that they got in the first round last year, he's the one who ultimately gave the game away uh, with the fumble mm-hmm. uh, right after the Ravens gave the ball back to the Chiefs. I believe there were around three minutes left on the clock. They were running it out. Mm-hmm. Clyde fumbles it. Ravens are able to jump on the ball. Yeah, um, and quick note on the Ravens' backfield. I'm not threatened by Devontae Freeman. Latavius Murray gets in the end zone again. Uh, but Tyson Williams, 13 for 70-70, he actually looked like the most spry running back. But again, Lamar, 16 for 107 and two on the ground. It's going to be tough to trust any of these running backs on any given week when they're all healthy. Easily. But Tyson Williams, if you're going to put your chips on one of them, it's got to be him. Latavius Murray may be good for a touchdown. Um, kind of getting in there to give Tyson a break and Devonta Freeman. I mean, two for 29. I don't think you're really going to see a lot of him in the future. That's exactly what I said. Were you not listening? I, I, I just, I don't know. Maybe <laughs> I was, maybe I wasn't. I was, <laughs> that does it I was... for the, no, that does it for the speed cap. I'm just pulling your leg, man. Um, let's get into your, Oh, you crushed the beer. I was like, what are you doing? Well yeah, done. I, yeah. Well done. Well done. I, so I maybe, we, it indeed. maybe we speed it up to 45 seconds per per team. I like that. Let's do that. All right. We we'll put we, that on the books. We can we can try. I don't know. We we talk a little long on some of these. So. Sometimes. That's okay. Sometimes. I mean, if, if there's good matchups, what are we supposed to do? Get the air horn. Right. That's are, what we're supposed we... to do actually. The answer well, to that is get the air horn. <laughs> no. I know. My um I'm... my little puppy in the back would not appreciate that. No, neither would your co-host. My ear, I would go deaf. You probably put that shit right up to the mic, and I'm just screwed. Yeah, no yeah, more so. ears. Don't do it, bro. <laughs> then I gotta all right. sell all my records. Can't let's listen get, to them. Let's get into the big three here. First one you have written down is the Washington Football Team playing the New York Giants. Uh, excuse me, the New Jersey Giants um, on Thursday night. Why do you pick this one? Um. Well, first, I picked it because I want to start off with a hot take, and that's uh, I think we were wrong about the Washington defense. Mm. I I think it's all mirage. Mm. Daniel Jones lit them up on the ground. Nine for 95. Um, 
he didn't have a bad game through the air either. 22 for 32, 249, and one touchdown. Yeah, Sterling Washington Shepherd. fans, I've never you should never let Danny Dimes trend on Twitter ever again. Like that's that is very disappointing. On and that's why we got to talk about this. Yeah, like Go ahead. you and I both, we. I'm getting a little loud. I apologize. You and I both have been high on Washington's defense since last year. We were mm-hmm. all in on them. This year, same thing. I'm all in. I think they're going to be great. And thus far, I'm a little concerned. Yeah, a little bit. They're going to have to sort out. Um, they're just going to have to sort it out in the back. They There are talented players there. They did make some uh, free agent signings to seemingly help upgrade this team. It's just not clicking at the moment for, for Washington. And they're going to need the defense to step up because Ryan Fitzpatrick, you know, did miss this game. He's going to be off for a little bit. Taylor Heineke, um, there are some videos on Instagram going around right before the game on Thursday night of Heineke doing some crazy lifts where he had, you know, the dumbbells on one leg and just doing these like really tough workouts to you know, prepare his body. And I'm if I would have seen that before the game, then I would have said Washington by fifty, you know. <laughs> so luckily I didn't and they only won by one. So but 34 for 46, 336 yards, two touchdowns, a pick in the rain on three days preparation. I'm very impressed by what Heineke was able to do, especially getting the ball to Terry McLaurin. I was worried about the Giants' corners coming into that, uh, especially with Fitzpatrick not being there. But McLaurin, 11 for 107 and one, he's just proving that he is coming from a top, coming for a top 10 receiver spot this year as well. Oh, I'm in on the Taylor Heineke experience. Like, let's go, dude. That, I love the the story. He was an XFL quarterback, I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure. So, mm-hmm. I mean, how, hey, how could you take, not? How could you not? Right. It, everyone loves an underdog story here. Um, on the Washington side, too, this J.D. McKissick shit is mm-hmm. going to drive me up a, up a wall, dude. I was trying to tell you, man. Oh, my God. It... Week one, it didn't seem like that was going to be the story. It seemed like all was good on the Antonio Gibson front. And still, Antonio Gibson is out there looking great on Thursday night. And two-minute drill, J.D. fucking McKissick comes in. I, I was I was watching this game with another Antonio Gibson owner, and it was just uh, reassuring to have someone else sitting next to me that was just as frustrated with what was going on. And I'm pretty sure it's shared amongst all Gibson owners at this point. Yeah, definitely agree. I think Heineke, I always say when backup quarterbacks come in, they tend to target guys that they've been practicing with. So it might be that second, third, fourth receiver, especially in the short term. So I can see why J.D. McKissick you know, kind of got the ball, five catches, 83 yards, and gets the rushing touchdown too. But they're going to have to figure out how to get Antonio Gibson the ball a little bit, a little bit more, a little bit more effectively in the run and pass game. Right now, yeah, it's not clicking outside of Terry McLaurin. So, they, you know, I I think that there's better days ahead for this Washington team. They, you know, they have ten days here before they play their next game. So that's important for 
Heineke, the entire offense, and the defense for them to kind of lick their wounds, say, hey, we got out of this game. We escaped this game. But we can't, you know, play the Bills in 10 days the way that we were, you know, running our offense and defense these last two weeks. And, and I think the short preparation has a, has a lot to do with how uh, usage went in this game, especially mm-hmm. for Gibson. Week one, like I said, this wasn't happening. Uh, with Ryan Fitzpatrick under center, I think there was just a little bit more going on. Now that, you know, you mentioned it, the short day's rest, they had to come in on Thursday night and play. Taylor Heineke definitely was probably more comfortable with. I definitely was probably. Taylor Heineke was definitely more comfortable with J.D. McKissick back there because he's throwing to him with the, uh, the second string and the, you know, the second unit. So they're still going to give Antonio Gibson his touches, but with 10 days rest and as the season goes on, I think the Washington football team offense will return to form. Antonio Gibson will emerge more as the number one back here and Gibson owners can rejoice. Woo! I'm Godspeed. Godspeed. Um, Hashtag not my running back. No, I won't do that. I won't do that. To well, I just, I just think he's not your. You you don't have any Gibson. No, chairs. I don't. No, I don't have any Gibson chairs. Mm-hmm. It just so happened to fall that way. It wasn't like I wasn't targeting him or anything. Ziggy Ziggy's too good for Antonio Gibson. You guys, you hear that? <laughs> print it. Print it. Print it. Um. Receiving on the Giants' side, uh, Sterling Shepard. If there was a receiver that I've always liked, it was him. You know, he's had his concussion issues. It looks like he's been kind of healthy here the last couple weeks, 9 for 94 in this game. He is the number one for the Giants right now until Kenny Galladay gets up to speed. And Darius Slayton gets a long touchdown, of course, but Again, uh, in PPR formats, especially Sterling Shepard is a guy that should be in your in your lineups every week. Just partially because Saquon Barkley and you know, Evan Ingram can't see enough receiving work, so Shepard has to work the middle of the field, and he can definitely do that. It's so funny that you say Sterling Shepard's always been a guy that you've you know just liked. Uh, one because he's a giant, but also Jen uh, is that same way. For the past four years, she has had Sterling Shepard in fantasy, so she's she's like uh, she's like my me with my Robert Woods. Hey, also there's nothing wrong with fourth it. straight year. Listen, if 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 I could have had it my way, mm-hmm. I would have had Cooper Cup and Tyler Lockett every year. Yeah, uh, and unfortunately, I was not able to swing that this year. It was very sad, but they've been my guys for since they came in the league. I've loved both of them. I like it. I like it. All right. Yeah. Minnesota, Arizona. A lot more fun than this uh, first game. A lot of fun. Man, Kyler Murray. This guy is insane. I, just every highlight play of him throwing the ball is him scrambling around the entire field. He looks like Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl, honestly. Uh, and then he just chucks it up, and it's downfield caught by Christian Kirk. Or, you know, this week it was Rondale Moore, which. Have yourself a game, Rondale Moore. Goodness uh-huh. gracious. Uh-huh. Um, bringing up his stats here. Yeah, 7 for 114 and 1. Um, man, what do you think about this Cardinals offense? Are they going to be able to keep keep pace like uh, 
unlike last year where they fell off a little towards the middle of the season? Or is this for real? Hmm, I think that it is for real. I think the offense, it, it's really just on Kyler Murray's shoulders. Like, I, There's a lot of things that I don't like about the scheme and what Cliff Kingsbury's doing, but Murray's just kind of bailing them out. He runs like Sonic the Hedgehog, and it's just like scurrying across the field. <laughs> For his touchdown, he was just like, he was at the 10, and then he was in the end zone. And it was just like, how did you even get there? So, you know, you see him, you'd like to see um, DeAndre Hopkins see more than four catches. You know, he got most of his catches in the first quarter, and that was it. So, I think you'd like to see him more involved, and maybe this game doesn't come down to what it did, but yeah, I think Arizona's offense, for the most part, can support. I wouldn't say support, but they can run at a high level. Like you know, having AJ Green even show up, um, Christian Kirk, Rondell Moore, and, and D Hop, you can definitely get the uh, get the ball moving. And Chase Edmonds looked good too. I'm sorry. Are are you just gonna write off Max with the double X Williams? Max Williams. Uh, well, they don't use the tight end much, so I'm a little worried he's, about that. He's also like a second string blocking tight end. He's not like, who are you, Max, with the double X? Yeah, um, seven think, for ninety four. I think that just shows that Minnesota's defense is still a work in progress, even after last year's you know debacle that they were doing. So, yeah, it's. I think for Max Williams specifically, you're just going to have to watch the matchups, and maybe he gets something. But as you can see, everyone got in this game so that's something that you can't really count on week to week I how much fab are you dropping on max williams um one dollar <laughs> i mean that's that's respect mm-hmm. i'll put a dollar you're, on him you're you're willing to spend money i i i would i would not okay i'm i'm worried about owning christian kirk in this offense it's just going to be shared volume across this entire receiving corpse. Um, Rondale Moore, man, it's just a rookie. I mean, he, last week he was basically nothing. This week, 7 for 114 and 1. And you know, DeAndre Hopkins, just the 4 for 54 and 1. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be spread around. That's what's going to make it tough. Uh, that's why you would like Kyler Murray, um, other guys like that, Jalen Hurts is kind of like that. We will talk talk about later. Matthew Stafford's a guy like that, even though you know Cooper Cup, they've shown some early chemistry. But there's some guys where it's like it's too much of a merry-go-round to just not, you know, to just key in on one receiver and not have a quarterback. So, is it too early to offer a first-round pick for Cooper Cup? I'm not doing this again. Titans, Seahawks. <laughs> For your last big three, talk to me about this game because I have not, I didn't see much of this. So uh, I was really surprised at halftime seeing the score and then realizing that the Titans won in overtime. All right. Well, first off, I need everyone who thought Derrick Henry was going to fall off this year. I need you to raise your hand. I need you to raise your hand. I know a certain nobody can do this. And then I need you to look yourself in the mirror. And say, I will never doubt Derrick Henry again. Because that man is back. 35 for 182 and 3. And oh no, oh no, he didn't stop there. He caught six passes. Derrick Henry caught passes? 
you can draft him in a PPR league and feel a little safer now? God, six for 55. I don't even know if you've had. I'll take that back because I remember him taking a nice little uh, 75-yard screen pass for a touchdown back uh, back in the day. But you're absolutely right. Don't ever doubt Derrick Henry again, you imbeciles. Um, for the record, six six receptions is the most he's ever had in a game. I will they, uh, I'll throw that out there. There you go. There you go. That They have no faith in whoever's behind him. So just play him. You know, and that's oh. perfectly fine. Um, Julio Jones, you thought he was washed. Oh, did you? Six for 128. Ooh, maybe. Against a, again, a lot of that had to come in catch-up mode. But, hey, you got it. Someone's got to do it. And so Julio Jones, that's why they brought him in. AJ, AJ Brown, only three for 43. So Julio was there to relieve that pressure and really help mount that combo at comeback it's a big win i think for tennessee who are looking at you know down the barrel you know matching up with the colts next week at two oh and two teams but they really dug in in the second half and and grinded out a win so, and <clears throat> let's let's talk about that too because the titans at halftime had nine points the seahawks had 24 is 24 to 9 and Derrick Henry still ran the ball 35 times. Game script does not matter with the Tennessee Titans. Game script does not matter with Derrick Henry. Mm-hmm. You he obviously got those three touchdowns after the excuse me, not all three touchdowns. He obviously got those touchdowns after the first half. So He's always going to be safe. This is one of those teams where no matter what, you're going to feel safe with his workload and his attempts. They're not going to shy away from what works, and what works for the Tennessee Titans is using Derrick Henry. Now, that's not to shy away from what Russell Wilson did yesterday either because that man threw for 343 yards and two touchdowns himself. Uh, also, shout out to Chris Carson with uh, the two touchdowns in 13 for 31. But Tyler Lockett, what a guy. What a guy. If if you want to see highlights of this game, I'll tell you right now, 60, 69 nice, of it is going to be deep bombs to Tyler Lockett. So it's very entertaining to watch. Yeah, uh, I'm sure it's pretty entertaining for anybody that has Tyler Lockett and Russell Wilson. Uh, I think that they're not really letting him cook. He's just throwing Cooking the ball. himself. Yeah, he's kind of just like throwing the ball um, all over the place. And, I mean, they're still balanced, you know? The Carson, Chris Carson gets 13 for 31. They could have ran the ball a lot more. Uh, obviously, he gets the two touchdowns. You like that for fantasy, but... In terms of the Seahawks' offense, they need to pound away these wins again. Like, learn how to play with the lead here. Gerald Everett, hot pickup, one for three. Not too much there. DK Metcalf, six for 53. So you'd expect him to kind of have better days ahead. I would actually make a low ball offer for any DK Metcalf panicking owner out there and see uh, what you can get. But, uh, yeah, as long as... You know, you know who it's going to be on the Seahawks and Tennessee Titans side, kind of going forward here. I mean, yeah, Russell Wilson and the Seahawks—they're going to continue to put up points, and 
I mean, I feel like they're you said they're not letting Russ Russ cook and I don't know, man. Chris Carson only had 13 attempts in this game. Like Russ Wilson still threw the ball 31 times uh, across the backfield you're looking at 15 attempts combined. They're they're really letting Russ do what he wants. I mean, yeah, but it's 31 a lot. You know, a lot of attempts. I mean, he had 23 the week before, but again, he's just doing it at such an uh, efficient rate. You know, he scores four touchdowns on 23 attempts last week, and now you get another, you know, another two on 31 attempts. You're seeing quarterbacks. You saw Jacoby Brissett come in off the bench and throw 40 times. So I don't think they are letting him cook. Again, I think that's just the the efficiency of which the Seahawks offense moves and whenever Russell Wilson throws it to Tyler Lockett is just off the charts. And we said this like three years ago. We don't think this could sustain because we haven't seen this. And here we are three years later talking about the same connection. And that's why the Seahawks, you know, signed Lockett to this extension last year. It's insane to me that they're already up to these shenanigans again. I I love the connection and I love watching it and I'll I'll forever be grateful I get to watch this uh Russell Wilson Tyler Lockett era because it's it's pretty special to watch. You know what wasn't special to watch? Oh no, are we getting to it? We're getting into, we're getting right into it. The well, so the Justin Fields debut. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll that... let you go first. I'll let you yeah. go first. <laughs> Not to overshadow Justin Fields' debut, uh, the Eagles' home opener since their, uh, with a packed house since their playoff loss to the Seattle Seahawks at home in 2019, didn't go as planned. Uh, the Niners come in, they win the game 17-11. to 11. We didn't have, a, you know, we didn't have much going on offensively. Um, outside of Jalen Hurts. I think the one thing we can take from this game, first and foremost, is that Jalen Hurts is going to be a great fantasy quarterback because the rushing floor is there no matter what. Um, He ends up with 190 yards passing, 12, uh, 12 completions, 23 attempts, but 82 yards and a touchdown on the ground. That touchdown was a sneak right at the end of the game, which he probably should have two rushing touchdowns, but we can kind of get to that in a second. Um, Miles Sanders, 13 for 55. And, you know, Kenneth Gainwell got a couple carries there too. But this Niners defense came to play, and that along with some poor play calling by Nick Sirianni, and, you know, of course, that's, going to happen in you know your second ever game in charge but i think that you know that combination was uh was kind of what doomed this eagles team and of course penalties a couple injuries here and there too but you know they 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 threw the ball deep a little too much for my liking of course they connected on you know quez Watkins 91 yarder that we talked about in the beginning of the show but you know that's 91 yards. That's 51. You know, Jalen Hurts only threw for 99 yards the rest of the game outside of that one, you know, one bomb. So I think there needs to be more you know, mid-range intermediate passing to help uh, open up those deep shots. 
and really helped the run game there. I think they went a little too heavy running the ball in key situations and didn't get the tight ends involved. Zacherts, one for six. Dallas Goddard, two for 24. No receiver had over two catches. Devontae Smith, Kenneth Gaywell, Quez Watkins all had only two catches. Jalen Rager, two for five, could have had a long touchdown, but he had stepped out of bounds, put a heel out of bounds right before he comes out, comes back in, which is a stupid, stupid rule. But, like, you know, it's neither here or there. It's still the rule. So It's the rule. You know, you'd, you'd like to see more uh, more discipline from the second-year receiver there. But, yeah, it was just a bad day at the office offensively. Uh, play calling definitely let Jalen Hurts down. And, again, I think my takeaway is that even with Jalen Hurts and the offense not having a great day at the office, Jalen Hurts still ends up with 21 fantasy points. I mean, you're 100% right. He's uh, he's going to remain fel- fan- oh my God, fantasy relevant uh, for the duration of the year. I still was it, the rushing floor is going to elevate – him as it does for so many quarterbacks and uh yeah the offense was a little underwhelming i myself as a devonta smith owner um really was just upset to see him not kind of follow up that great debut you know you wish he was on the receiving end of that quez watkins reception but what can you do but yeah i mean the 49ers defense before we even uh, this game even kicked off. I was talking with my buddy. We were going through little start sit stuff, and he was he's like, "Oh, 49ers defense, they're like the worst in the league," and that was just based off of that week one performance. What happened against Detroit? And I don't think maybe they weren't 32nd, maybe they were around 30th. But either mm-hmm. way, those ESPN rankings lit 49ers up green. So both of us kind of in our head, we were like, "Oh, this is a good matchup." But as I was thinking about, it, I was like, "No, no, 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 this is like." This is still the 49ers defense. Just because Robert Sala is not there, it's not it's not a different defense. You know, this unit's still gonna come out and dominate. Uh, and they played really well against the Eagles. You know, the and not to say the Eagles defense didn't do well themselves. They held the 49ers to 17 points. Uh Garoppolo only 189 passing yards. He had the one touchdown. Uh took care of the ball though. He got actually he had two touchdowns. He had the rushing one as well. So um little bit of uh, turmoil in the running back room there. You saw Elijah Mitchell leave. People were hopeful to see Trey Sermon come out. He left with a concussion. Uh, it's it's just a mess there. But all in all, I mean, are you like you can't really be worried about the Eagles after this game, right? No, I mean they are who we thought they were. They're going to be inconsistent, you know. Um, real quick, You're playing on that. a good defense though. Like yeah. the Forty Nineers oh. are a good team. Yeah, they. You know, they bounced back. I talked about how, you know, new defensive coordinator, first-year defensive coordinator, um, D'Amico Ryans, was, shout-out, actually, you know, former linebacker D'Amico Ryans, um, did look a little overwhelmed in the second half of that Lions game in terms of getting the uh, getting some of the personnel in and getting some of the play calls in on time. They really cleaned up a few, a, a lot of that stuff this week. And, you know, just thinking, you know, how they ended – in Detroit last week, barely getting by, and then, you know, having just the, the corpse of Josh Norman out there as their starting cornerback, you would think that the Eagles receivers would have advantages. But again, I think the play calling definitely let us down in this game more than anything. And yeah, uh, 
with this Niners backfield, it's all banged up. You know, Michael Hasty also went down with an ankle injury here. So yep. we'll see what happens. Uh, which running back is going to be able to suit up um, for Sunday night against the Packers next week? But like, yeah, that's uh, you know, it, the Niners win, but it comes at a cost. Yeah, absolutely, and still only 17 points scored on their end, so it was a pretty low-scoring affair. Uh, both their defenses, I'd say, per- did pretty well here. Yeah, I was impressed with um, with the corners. I'm impressed with Darius Slay and Steven Nelson. I think they've had a strong start to the season. You'd like to see them turn the ball over. We actually, here's a stat for you, a couple stats for you. We do not, our defensive ends do not have a sack yet nobody does and that is made that's going to hurt us even more now because brandon graham was confirmed he tore his achilles we might have seen the last of brandon graham in the nfl here uh, so uh his season is over his career may be over but uh get well soon brandon and uh so now we have some dns josh sweat and Derek barnett are going to need to step up it's going to be a rotation with uh, ryan kerrigan is uh, coming in off uh, off the bench could be seeing some uh, significant snaps as well, um, but I just think that the defense has kind of held their end of the bargain. They let up, you know, a long, you know, two long touchdown drives. The the really turning point was when it was three zero and we hit the ninety one yard play from our own end zone. We ended up. After a pass interference, ended up first and goal at the one. We couldn't get it in in four attempts. And then San Francisco goes the other way in 96 yards and scores a touchdown before halftime. And that's kind of where the game turned right then and there. So just some things that you have to clean up by the rookies. Uh, rookie head coach, I wouldn't say rookie quarterback, but, you know, first time at the helm here, Jalen Hurts. But uh, big game next Monday against the Cowboys in Dallas. That's what I was going to say. Y'all got that Monday night matchup next week, so it'll be an exciting one. I'm looking forward to it. Your turn. (sighs) Defense wins championships. The 85 Bears are back. Okay. Chill. Chill. I don't know about that. Whoa. Okay. Are you like laughing off screen right now? What's happening? <laughs> Not a chance. Um, so you brought up play calling failing uh, Jalen Hurts a little bit. And play calling failed Justin Fields this weekend. He had a very unimpressive debut. And honestly, the offense wasn't looking that great for Andy Dalton either. Besides the first drive of the game. Mm-hmm. The first drive of that game went very well. Saw some downfield passing from Andy Dalton. For some reason, David Montgomery wasn't on the field again. Mm-hmm. What the fuck ever. Matt Nagy, mm-hmm. does, he's a weirdo. Mm-hmm. Then we get a nice, probably like a, I think it was a 12-yard, 15-yard touchdown for Allen Robinson in the end zone. Looked great. All was good. We do that on our first drive. I don't remember the last time I saw the Bears score on their first offensive drive. So, that was a treat for me. I'm sitting there watching it. All of a sudden, my dad and sister show up, and then they're cursed. <laughs> um, the offense just – besides David Montgomery, a lot of it just didn't look like it was going well. I blame Matt Nagy. I'm, I'm 100% like 
I kind of feel for Packer fans with the whole fire Mike McCarthy thing back mm-hmm. in the day because I'm kind of on that train with Matt Nagy right now. Uh, <clears throat> I was even week one saying, oh, Alan Rob- that, that Alan Robinson receiving chart that was going around. It just bothered the fuck out of me because I was like, listen, it was the Rams secondary. They weren't even going to let us get past yada, yada, yada. Now this week, all like I said, we started the first drive, downfield passing, everything looked great. Then I felt like it all went away. It all went away. And then Andy Dalton goes down in the second quarter of the game. Uh, we're not sure if he's going to come back. So we see Justin Fields come out. He has a little bit of, um, you know, it, it's kind of just what you'd expect from any team when their rookie quarterback comes in to end the second half. We were just trying to run the clock out, get out of there. We had the lead. We were good. But even still, Justin Fields only throws the ball 13 times. There was one drop from Allen Robinson uh, in the end zone. Really wish he would have got that. But he still got Darnell Mooney involved. Actually, Darnell Mooney had the mark of the beast, dude. Six receptions for 66 yards. <sighs> Fucking watch out. Mm-hmm. Um, but Allen Robinson, I mean, if he gets that, if he catches that other pass, he's got 50 yards on the day and two touchdowns. A couple of touchdowns, yep couple touchdowns now the bears defense bailed them out of this game because justin fields did not look good it was very worrisome for his debut but they were not prepared for him to come in and finish out this game that's not necessarily the greatest excuse but that's how the nfl works sometimes um i'm pretty sure the bears caused four turnovers in a row it was it was just back to back to back to back. And like I said, they were able to secure the win. But even when it came down to the wire, uh, the Bears gave them the ball back with enough time to try and go down and kick a field goal. Luckily, again, Burrow tosses the interception or the fumble, whichever it was that happened at that point, and we were able to get out of there. Yeah. It was just worrisome, man. I think you're just worried about the offense. If you're an offensive coach or offensive you know, run team, then you – your offense can't be looking as bad and pedestrian as it is in year four than it did in, you know. It, it looks like a different offense, man. It, it looks it looks stale to me. And I think yes. that's, that's the issue. I think um, I've, I've seen this. Trust me, I just saw this last year uh, where the offense just sputtered and it just didn't look like guys were on the same page after so many years. And I think that you might be running at the same thing here. With Nagy's offense, I don't know what they do to, you know, really get Justin Fields a little bit more comfortable outside of like you know running some read options. But so far, we're not seeing that from Matt Nagy in this offense, and maybe that's a a, a change once they change quarterbacks and you know they have a little bit more time to game plan with Justin Fields in there. You might see that more, but uh, as of right now, it just looks like uh, square pegs, round holes. And you're trying to run uh, two different offenses for two quarterbacks that are uh, have different skill sets. Yeah, and the problem with all of this is, from what you hear in from training camp and from practices and everything around Chicago, is that Justin Fields is true. Justin Fields is the man. He's wowing everyone in camp. So I have a hard time believing there's just no game plan for him. Like, mm-hmm. if, if there was ever an instance like yesterday where Andy Dalton goes down, 
how are you not prepared for Justin Fields to enter the game? And here's another thing. David Montgomery is a freak of nature out there right now. If you're not watching him run the ball, the guy has to be averaging. He looks like he's getting better every game. For real. It looks like he's averaging three yards after contact and potentially more. He does not go down after one hit. It takes multiple defenders to bring him down. He looks like an animal, and he's another weapon in the Chicago offense that's being underutilized. It's it's a shame to see, and I didn't think this at the beginning of the season, but I could truly see Ryan Pace somehow keeping his job because of what he's been able to do through the draft and try and accomplish through free agency. But Nat, Matt Nagy will 100% be gone, and I'm one fine can, with it. Fire one, his ass. One can only hope. I was going to say also Sean decides uh, defense. This is the last thing I'll say on the Bears. Uh, I like the guy. I think he's going to come in and bring a little bit of Vic Fangio influence. But multiple times over these two weeks, our defense has looked like fools. We got defenders running into each other on the Jamar Chase touchdown. We got guys not touching Van Jefferson down last week. Big plays, big plays and big mistakes. Tackling looks a little better out there. But Sean Desai, let's let's get it together out there and let's bring that Bears defense back. Even though we have four turnovers. I like it. Go Bears. Bear down. <laughs> hey, I mean, the other stat I was going to give you is that the Eagles have not forced or given up a turnover yet this season. So I mean, it's only week two. There's got to I mean, be another team that hasn't done that, right? No, for the Eagles, it hasn't been since 1934. So Really? It's uh, yeah, it's it's pretty rare. So uh, <laughs> at least your team is forcing turnovers, not necessarily giving them up. So that's good. That's I, good. You I always want to be you always want to be positive in that category, don't you? Well, yeah, because we played a safe game, but that was the problem. Like there there weren't a lot of turnovers in this game. I mean, there wasn't a lot for you guys to do for for, uh, for, for the Bears, I should say. There right, weren't a lot of turnovers for us, but um, I don't know. I I hope there's more to come in week three, but. Nagy, if you don't have money on him to be the first coach fired, you might want to get your pocketbook mm-hmm. ready. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I said pocketbook. What the fuck? The pocketbook. Um, Who has that? Zach Taylor is on that short list because I'm not liking what I'm seeing from the Bengals offense. Joe Mixon, 20 carries, 69 yards. Uh, not a nice 3.5 yards per carry average. And... Burrow, yeah, two touchdowns, three interceptions on some bizarre interceptions there. But, uh, you know, credit to the Bears defense for coming to play. Um, you know, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins get the touchdowns. T. Higgins comes late. I was a little worried about that when I was tilting super hard until he scored right at the end. Um, <laughs> especially with seeing seeing guys, seeing uh, Terry McLaurin on my bench. But uh, Tyler Boyd, seven for 73. Uh, he looks like. I think that's where they wanted to attack the Bears there. And uh, Joe Burrow did not have a lot of time to throw either. No. So I think, uh, you know, throwing inside was uh, was kind of the move for them. But, uh, yeah, I think Cincinnati, their offense is going to be what it is. Uh, I just don't think they're going to be a good team. Well, and, and any team that can get pressure on the quarterback, I, you know, I Every team should be able to, but the Bengals' offensive line is weak is what I'm getting at. It's it's not good. It doesn't look any better than it did last year, which is all sorts of problems for Joe Burrow. And you can hope they're going to turn around, but I feel like we're going to be looking at a lot of garbage time points for the Bengals unless they're playing a bad defense. Hey, they all count. 
I'm good for it. Hey, that, uh, hey, Blake Bortles is the garbage time champion, bro. Never forget. Four, four quarters in a game of football. That's right. Play for 60 minutes. What other cliches we got here? I don't know. Uh, That's it. <laughs> you, play, That's... you play to win the game, to quote the, uh, the great Herm Edwards. <laughs> they are who we thought they were. They are who we thought they were. All right. That's going to wrap it up for sure this time. That's sad. <laughs> we we will be back with you guys on Thursday to give you full slate of week three preview here. Definitely can't wait. Well, I can't wait because I need to lift my wounds here from this loss yesterday. So um, enjoy the Monday night game, I'd say. Um, Steel, is there anything else you want to tell people before we get out of here? Yes, uh, if you guys didn't catch it, the Ope Boys Podcast Network mm. actually just released a new show, our intro to soccer, hosted by none other than Professor Ziggs over here. Uh, gives me and some of the guys a little tour into soccer, the inner workings, and all of its confusing and intertwining storyline. So that is a great time. Um, also, please, please, please like, subscribe, do whatever you can, Apple Podcasts on Spotify. Leave us a review. If I talk too loud because I feel like sometimes I do, please let me know. <laughs> I'll, I'll try and quiet it down. I'll mess with the mic, get the gain down. It is what it is. Also, watch Succession. The new season starts in October. Yes. Thank you, all to, <laughs> thank you all to everyone that's come back and given us feedback, too. I think that's uh, well appreciated. You guys will yeah. not be forgotten. So, yeah, thank with, you all of you, for real. So, with Steel MZ, we'll talk to you all soon. Peace out. Peace. Upside. Upside.